Welcome once again to the Brattlecast, stories about books, old, rare, and out of print, and the people who buy, sell, appraise, and collect them. A first-hand look at second-hand books and so much more. I'm Jordan Rich, along with the man, the proprietor of the Brattle Bookshop in Boston, Ken Gloss. First of all, very happy holiday season to you. It's an unusual holiday season, but we're here. That's the important thing. Definitely, we're, we're here, and it, it goes along, and looking forward to the year ending and somewhere that light way out at the end of the tunnel. You know, the, these get recorded ahead of time so people can appreciate where we are right now, too. Exactly. Uh, speaking of where we are, as we speak and record today, you were saying that there's a film being produced downtown in various locations throughout Massachusetts, but uh, DiCaprio, Leonardo, that is, is one of the stars. And uh, we thought we'd talk about something that a listener raised, and that is how do the movie companies and the TV companies utilize books and utilize your services? Because I know you've been involved in this for quite some time. Well, it's actually interesting. The the film, actually, what made, made me pull this question out, it came in a few weeks ago, was that they're filming around the corner and uh, Don't Look Up, which is a comedy about a media hitting the world. Uh, and uh, it's a Netflix. Uh, mm-hmm. But we actually, uh, one of the things when I know this is when it finally comes out, when they're in the editors, the newspaper editor's room or in the astronomer's office, I'm going to look really closely at the background because uh, I know where the books came from. Ah, it, let's talk about let's talk about how the process works. Who do you hear from, Ken, when something like this is going down? Well, usually where we what we hear from is the set designers or the the purchasing people who work with the set designers, and what they'll say is, we need a background for a edit looks like an editor's office. Okay. Uh, you a lot of times it will be well, what time? what period did the uh, movie set in, but also they want books that if you look behind them, uh, that they would make sense that this person in this profession would have these kind of books. They also tell us how big the bookshelves are because they, we need to know, you know, we got to make sure that they fit, that they have enough. Um, and it's all, it's also interesting because sometimes it's not purchases. Sometimes their uh, budget says that they have to rent. So you actually end up renting books. Um, you, they'll, you know, per week, uh, it will be so much, usually about 25% per week. Uh, it's interesting because every once in a while they rent it for more than four weeks. But since their budget says rental, even though they've paid for it, mm. they still keep renting. And, and uh, you know, before we go any further, uh, you're talking about locations here in, in the Boston area. So many of these are not sets built specifically for the movie, but their existing locations, uh, offices or libraries, things like that, right? You're, oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. And and one of the things that's uh, very interesting ab- about these is that, you know, we do this a lot. So we know the right questions to ask. We know how they get picked up. We know how they get dropped off. Uh, but sometimes they, they're doing it in other people's houses. And we've had requests that the people who own the house, they have a library and they need to get those all packed up. So they insist that a book expert come in and do the packing and unpacking. So we've had one of our managers in in some cases have to go over to the house, pack up the person's books, be very careful with them, put them aside, then get 
the books we're renting or selling up and then reverse that process. And it's, you know, one of the things when you see this and you see how they do it, you realize why movies cost so much money because our, our assistant will be there for a day or two sometimes and, you know, getting paid a very good price. And 90% of that time, they're standing and watching everybody do something else. And people take it so much for granted when you're watching a film or a television production that, you know, that prop is what it is, was was specifically brought in by, in this case, the book experts, you, you guys. That's cool. Well, also, too, what happens now, where people now have the cameras that they use are so good and so strong, and also that people can stop the motion yes. of a film yes and they actually can then sometimes enlarge their own screen on and check to make sure everything fits and the movie production company sometimes will even get letters or, uh, from people saying wait a minute that's not real that's not the way it's supposed to be but they try to do the best they can and it's a lot of fun on uh, setting that up and looking for the movies. Now, did your dad do any of this in the early days? Because there were a lot of films in Boston in the old days. Did, did he, he? He did a few. Um, I remember there was a film called The Cardinal. Oh, yes. Tom Tryon. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and there was a big background of books. And they might not have been quite as picky, but uh, they, they definitely, and he saw his books there. And the, I've mentioned this in another... Uh, podcast, but I'll mention again, another interesting part about the uh, books, the movie, my father actually collected movie stills. And he had about 500 to 1000 of them. And I never really knew what he was collecting. But I went and looked at them. There were these old movie stills, and every one of them had a book in the picture. Oh, that's so cool. Maybe the star would be holding a book, maybe there'd be a book in the background, maybe there'd be a painting in the background that had an, someone who was painted that was holding a book. Uh, so, you know, that that's always been there. It's always been uh, interesting. But there are so many different ways that they use them. And they get called. And like I say, it's and it's not always just movies. It's sometimes television. And, of course, nowadays, the difference between TV and movies and Netflix and Amazon Prime, you know, that blurs. But a lot of times, too, we get calls for advertisements that they're shooting and producing an advertisement and they want a certain look or feel in the background. And and for us, it's a lot of fun because uh, when they're telling you what they need or how they uh, uh, are doing it, you sort of feel like you've become part of the movie. But in addition to that, uh, the way they request and what they're asking for and Sometimes it's not in what a normal person who's asking for books would want. Uh, many times we have to ask them how big the bookshelves are. And I don't mean uh, lengthwise, but height-wise. Because, you know, if it's a 10-inch shelf as opposed to a 12-inch shelf, the size of the book makes a big difference. We also know that each foot usually has about 10 books in it. So they can tell us, well, we have 25 feet of shelf space to fill and we'll say oh well you need about 250 books in that range then they'll sometimes tell you about color that they want uh sometimes they don't care because they tell you it's all going to be blurred out in the background it just needs to look this way sometimes they say 
we don't want your good books. We this has to look distressed. (laughs) They have to look like they've been read and used and piled up and heaped up. Uh, So the movies actually make an interesting thing thing for it. The the other point is that Massachusetts, in the last number of years, has had a lot of movies made. And one of the nice things about it is a lot of production now has started in Massachusetts again because the protocols and the procedures in Massachusetts have been ahead of some other mm, states. Right. So the people who work in the movies, uh, one of the manager at the store who does a lot of the movie work for us, her the man, her partner and the man she is with uh, does a lot of set locations for uh, movies. And she was telling us that he gets tested every two or three days and everybody on the production teams gets tested mm. every two. And she said, that's a big line item now. in Sure. Because when you think about it, if, a, if a, an actor or a set person or anybody is testing positive or comes down with the disease, then they have to usually shut down production for at least two weeks. And that's super costly. There's a, there's an issue in movie and television production that's very important called continuity. And I know you know what this is. Yeah. In other words, if if you, and you can see the various flubs that occur in many, many big motion pictures, but it really makes a difference, as you say, when people are examining closely and stop framing uh, particular pictures. If they see a book that wasn't published in the year that the movie takes place, they're going to call you on it. I'm oh, sure. Absolutely. They're going to call the movie on it. Yeah. And, and the other thing that you notice too is Whenever you're doing this, you know, you think of movies of, of, of these big monoliths and the people have been doing it for years and years. And, you know, they have incredible experience. But most of them, that's true. But every once in a while you go, well, when this person calls, it's going to be very simple. They're going to be very clear cut. When this person calls, well, you, you really got to work with them and make sure they know what they want. Because it's happened many times that we've sent out groups of books, they pick them up, they get them to the set, and they go, wait a minute, this doesn't look right. And then they send them back, and then you've got to redo it. So one of the things on our end that we've become very good at, and like I say, our manager who does a lot of this work, she knows all the right questions to ask of the movie people to make sure that they're communicating what they actually want and some of them have no clue what they really want. And we sort of can lead them through the process. Yeah. But the main thing is we become part of Hollywood. And and you sort of, even though almost nobody else knows it, when that scene comes up on the TV or at the movie theater, you know, we're looking right past the actors and actresses. And it's called product placement. In this case, very close to <laughs> your home and heart, right? These products, these books. Uh, and, and one more thing about that, uh, a lot of news and interview stuff that's being done on Zoom on a national level, you see the person, Dr. Fauci, let's say, in his office behind him as, as a rack of books. But a lot of these talking heads now are utilizing their books, their own books, whatever that book title might be, right in a right over their left shoulder and over their right shoulder. So in other words, there's a lot of preparation and books are a very, very popular item to feature in a Zoom interview? Well, also, books have an aura about them of sophistication, intellectual, of knowledge. And people want to project that. And having them behind there or in the background 
or as a centerpiece uh, of an item is, is a very important thing. And it can be a lot of fun too. And uh, that's one of the things. The other thing that happens with this is, you know, especially when things are a little bit slow, any extra bit of business here and there, Absolutely. Uh, it all adds up. Mm -hmm. And we're thankful that they come to Massachusetts to do it. it it's, it's a little extra and it's a fun extra. The Brattle Bookshop soon to be a major motion. No, not quite. <laughs> but well, the fact that... You're you're so connected with the movie industry over the years and decades, and that includes your dad. That's such a great story, Ken. It's a it's a lot of fun. We haven't yet had anyone rent out the whole uh, the whole store. We actually had one movie. They were shooting down the street, and they were doing it at night. And the empty lot where we put out our books every night oh, yeah. is empty at night, and they needed it as a place to put the uh, Stars Limousine. Oh, so Michael Douglas. <laughs> Michael Douglas was once in a limousine in our sale book section at night. That's more than some people can <laughs> boast. I'll tell you that. Ken, that's a great story. By the way, if you want to know more about the store, it's brattlebookshop.com. You can inter you can uh, connect with Ken that way. And we're always looking for these wonderful questions from listeners to the podcast growing in numbers all the time. And send your questions in. We'd love to talk about some of these things, right? And many times the questions come in like this one a few weeks before it sort of gets, this would be interesting. Then this movie shooting around the corner and I say, hey, this is the time to talk about it. All and right. So we, I love the questions. And many of them, even if they don't get onto the podcast, we answer them all anyways. Absolutely. Again, uh, brattlebookshop.com. Keep an eye out on Netflix for many, many books, many books that uh, are in the property of one Ken Gloss that will be in front of Leonardo DiCaprio or behind him, one or the other. Catch you next time. <laughs>